Former president dismissed a reporter's question with the rubric, Well, you've never been judged by the color of your skin. The reporter's response, I just have. Who do you think took the heat on that one? You can figure that out. This is where we are. But as individuals, no one has to be there. Each of us can think critically and come to our own conclusions regardless of the mass think mentality. And that's the truth. And we're TNN. The Truth News Network. And Dan Newman. I'm reminded of that song title, Will It Go Round in Circles? Remember that? <laughs> I think we're going around in circles every day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to TNN Live. It's Tuesday, the day after the bombshells that were dropped in that hearing with the former Hunter Biden buddy and partner in business around the world, uh, Devin Archer, who spoke before. It wasn't testimony, sworn testimony, but he spoke to the oversight committee behind closed doors. Now, we are promised there will be a transcript. It may be slightly edited simply for classified information that was discussed in that closed door hearing. At least we are told those things, but that transcript is supposed to be out in a couple of days. But Boy, I tell you what, those on the left didn't wait for it to come out. They were out making the rounds all yesterday evening, doing anything and everything they could to diminish the horror that Joe Biden is playing out on the people of America and people in his Democrat Party and people in the Republican Party. Joe Biden is a walking disaster. And anybody that says otherwise is completely deluded and void from the truth. And I'm not denigrating the man. I'm saying our president has all kinds of issues, not just cognitive decline, which happens to pretty much everybody as they get older. We're all going to go through, most likely, something like that. That's not the point. What we are learning every day, what is confirmed over and over and over and over is that our nation is for sale. And it's pretty much for sale to the highest bidder. And the people that actually have the ability to at least peddle influence are doing just that and are reaping multi-million dollar cash rewards. We're going to dig into all of this. Our second hour today, talked to him yesterday afternoon. Steve Baker's going to join us. He's got stuff that he's going to throw into the mix for you and I to consider in our second hour about this Devin Archer, Hunter Biden, Joe Biden horror show that we're all witnessing. And it's getting worse and worse and worse. Let me give you one example. Bidenomics. Joe's been out on the the trail. He's been touting Bidenomics, the great things it's done for every American. Our economy is amazing. Our unemployment is a record low. More people at work today because Joe created a legendary number of brand new jobs. No brand new jobs were created. It's just a bunch of people went back to work after the egregious COVID lockdowns. 
And yeah, there are some bright spots in what we've living, what we're living through. There are spots, but what we're living through is not where almost every American wants to live. We want to live in a tax-free, at least as much as possible, tax-free environment where big government is not clamping down in greater and tighter moves every day on the American people, where the government's not weaponizing the government against we citizens, and we want to go back to where we the people own the nation and those we elect to go to Washington, D.C., they serve us. They do the things that we elected them to do, not what they want to do for themselves and their campaign contributors. Every day now, we're finding out more and more of that crap is happening and that our leaders, many of our leaders, are in the tank and have already sold themselves out and not just sold themselves out, With no authority, they've sold the good faith of the American people out by doing just exactly what they want to do for themselves. And if it does a little good for us, well, we'll just live with it. Get set, folks. It's going to be a big one.
Light Orchestra, live from Wembley Stadium in London. It was a great concert. Don't bring me down. One of their big hits. Hey, I just got this note just seconds ago. We're going to get extensively into the Devin Archer stuff, not testimony, but uh, discussions in a closed-door House Oversight Committee hearing yesterday. We're going to get into the details of that. But guess what just popped out this morning? The Biden family business group caused six banks to flag more than 170 large amounts of money in suspicious activity reports. It went to the Treasury for review, 20 more than we previously knew about. These reports often contain evidence of potential criminal activities such as money laundering and fraud. Now, that's according to a 2020 Senate report. Hmm. Representative Comers, chair of the House Oversight Committee, he also revealed back in May that over the course of several years, the Biden family business received more than $10 million from business schemes in Romania and from China. Now, there's several dozen of them waiting to get them in their hands so they can reveal to the American people about more Biden family syndicate illegal activity. But if you watch the aftermath of that closed-door meeting yesterday and you watched and listened to the Democrats, they were prepared, locked and loaded to come out to denigrate and make the American people believe there is no substance. There was no reason to bring Devin Archer in. He didn't say anything that denigrated or implicated President Biden at all. It was all about him just saying hello on the phone to some of his son's business partners. That's all it was about. That's benign. There's no evidence Joe Biden was corrupt. Well, let me just point one thing out. My mama, if she was still alive and was listening, she would point this one thing out. Danny, she's one of three people that in my life call me Danny. That is my real name, but everybody's called me Dan my whole life. She would say, Danny, don't stop thinking about what Joe Biden said. Hmm, what would that be, Mom? Well, it would be 35, 40, 50 times publicly when questioned by people in the media, also just regular everyday people when they had a chance to interface with him about him talking to his son and any of Hunter's business partners. And he just got nasty several times when he said, no, 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 absolutely, no. I never talked to my son about any of his foreign business business. And I didn't talk to him about any of his former business partners, overseas partners. Well, he did. Now, if a man's willing to lie about that over and over and over again, what are the other lies that are out there? Another good thing my mother taught me. If somebody you catch in a lie and you prove it's a lie and you know it's a lie, 
don't ever believe another word that comes out of their mouth. That's a good way to think about it. How do we know if somebody's going to lie all the time? Well, don't believe them all the time. And we have a few of those people in government today. Who might they be? Adam Schiff for one, Eric Swalwell for one, Chuck Schumer for one. And it's not exclusive to just Democrats either. I'm not going to name any names on the GOP side. But just because you're a conservative, you don't get a free pass. If you tell lies, you're a liar. And I guess the most tragic thing about it is these are the, the most powerful people in America. And by proxy, some of the most powerful people on the planet. And they get away every day telling lies. So where are we going to go in all of this today? Don't forget Steve Baker will be with us at the top of our number two. And we talked briefly yesterday afternoon. He's going to throw some um, hand grenades into the conversation that we're having right now. But between now and then, we're going to look at some of the aftermath, the conversations, the pontificating that happened on both sides of the aisle. Republicans were out there too. So let's just get right to it. Jesse Waters, right after all this happened yesterday, he weighed right in and he explained a few things. Fox News alert, Devin Archer, the man who Hunter Biden once called a Biden, just flipped on the first family. And it's bad. Archer, who's been in Ukrainian board meetings, Chinese dinners, to the Biden family beach house, is saying that Joe Biden was on the phone with Hunter and his foreign business partners at least 20 times. 20 times. Archer says it was to sell the Biden brand. And Hunter described the Biden brand as gold. Here's how it worked. President Barack Obama would assign Joe Biden a country to handle. And when Biden was assigned to a country, a dirty company with a lot of problems in that country would hire Hunter Biden because they needed something from Joe Biden. Hunter would have dinner with some crooked foreign kleptocrat, and in the middle of dinner, he'd say, hey, let's call my pop. He'd get his dad on the phone, put it on speaker, and Joe Biden would say hello to Hunter's business partners. And that was what the business partners were paying for, that phone call. They were paying Hunter because he could get Joe Biden on the phone like that. And everywhere Joe went, Hunter got paid and Joe delivered. Devin Archer told House investigators today that the corrupt Ukrainian gas company Burisma only hired Hunter so his father Joe could get the prosecutor investigating them fired. Devin Archer testified Hunter was with the crooked Ukrainian CEO when he called D.C. to demand Joe Biden fire the prosecutor. Three days later, Joe Biden flew to Ukraine and got the prosecutor fired and then bragged about it. This is what Democrats impeached Trump for probing. Devin Archer also testified that Hunter pulled the same move with other fat cat foreign execs. Archer says Hunter put Joe Biden on the phone with his Chinese partner, Jonathan Lee. Remember, Joe Biden flew Hunter to China on Air Force Two, where Hunter met Jonathan Lee. Hunter introduced Joe and Jonathan Lee in Beijing. They shook hands. It was a $20 million handshake. The Bidens made $20 million from that Chinese deal. After Hunter was given an equity stake in the Chinese investment firm, 
The Obama-Biden administration greased approvals for Jonathan Lee to take over American car manufacturers. Joe Biden, who claims he didn't talk to his son about his business, even wrote a letter of recommendation to Brown University on behalf of Jonathan Lee's daughter. Jonathan Lee is a Communist Party power broker who our vice president went to bat for, helping his daughter cut the line in the admissions offices at Ivy League schools. Why? Because his family was getting paid. Devin Archer also testified that Vice President Joe Biden personally met with a Russian billionaire, Elena Petrina, back in 2014 while VP at Cafe Milano in Georgetown. Joe Biden had dinner with her. And a month later, the Russian billionaire wired Hunter Biden three and a half million dollars. Democrats say Joe Biden had no idea who he was talking to. It was clear that it was part of the daily conversations that Hunter Biden had with his father. Um, and it was, and, and sounds like most of the time, uh, now President Biden didn't even know who the people he was at dinner. He was just asked to say hello. Uh, and he would, you know, talk about the, the way he described it several times. They asked over and over and over. He described what the weather was, how, uh, how, what's going on on your end. The Democrats went from the laptop's Russian misinformation to Biden was having dinner with Hunter's business partners, but all they talked about was the weather. Now, when I eat dinner, it's usually at least an hour. I'm there for three courses. You can talk weather for maybe five minutes tops. But Biden's talking to a Russian billionaire about the weather, the whole dinner? What's it like in Moscow? It's cold. Biden's had meetings at Cafe Milano with the Russians, the Ukrainians, the Mexicans, Kazakhstanis, even the Greeks, all Hunter's business partners. You're saying Joe Biden talked about the weather the whole time and had no idea who he was having dinner with? Even if Hunter puts his business partners on speakerphone with his dad and they don't talk business at all, you're saying the next day when Hunter talks to Joe, and they say they talk every day, Joe doesn't say, hey, Hunter, um, what are you doing in Dubai and who are those Ukrainians you put me on the phone with last night? Come on. The Biden family was selling access to Joe. The phone call, even if it was weather-related, was the access. And Biden always delivered on the back end. The Chinese and the Ukrainians got what they wanted out of Biden. Even the Russian lady who bribed Hunter three and a half mil, Joe Biden left her off the sanctions list. The one Russian billionaire not on the sanctions list happens to be the same one who paid the Biden family millions of bucks. But the Democrats say, what was Joe Biden supposed to be, rude? And not say hello to Hunter's corrupt foreign business partners? Clearly, he talked, whether it's about the weather or whatever, but he said specifically that he's never talked to them. Doesn't this contradict? He never said that he has never spoken to anyone. He said that he had nothing to do with Hunter Biden's business dealings. If he says hello to someone that he sees his son with, is he supposed to say, hi, son? Oh, no, I'm not going to say hello to the other people at the table or the other people on the phone. It's kind of a preposterous premise to think that a father should not say hello to people that the son are at dinner with. So the new defense is Biden's mismanners. Snubbing his son's sniveling and conniving foreign business partners would be the wrong thing to do. 
Now, we know that Hunter Biden brought his sleazy business partners to the Obama White House over 100 times. So Joe Biden never asked Hunter, who are all these people? The only thing he asked was, what's the weather like in Bucharest? I mean, at this point, Joe knows more about the weather than Al Roker. So why did Devin Archer flip? Well, because he's going to prison. And he thought, you know, being Hunter's best buddy would keep him out of prison. Devin Archer can't be too happy with Hunter Biden right now. Here's a text he sent to Hunter. Why did your dad's administration appointees arrest me and try to put me in jail? Just curious, some of our partners asking out here. And then this one. Why would they try and ruin my family and destroy my kids and no one from your family side step in and at least try to help me? I don't get it. Devin Archer was sentenced to a year in prison for stealing $60,000 from an Indian tribe. I think it was more than that. Hunter Biden was a part of that deal and was the only one not to get indicted. Once again, everybody in Biden's orbit arrested, imprisoned, or they're missing. And before Devin Archer's testimony, Biden's Department of Justice sent a threatening letter to Devin Archer's judge telling him it's time for Devin to report to prison soon. This comes on the heels of we us learning about another House Republican that says Biden's got foreign bank accounts they're under investigation. Listen. When we pulled up the first tranche of suspicious activity reports, of which there were more than 170, we then realized that there are more suspicious activity reports on more Biden family members and more information that we've got to dig into and investigate. What we have to do, and we're in the process, process of now, is accumulating bank records, not just here domestically, but there are bank records in foreign countries with foreign banks that we also have to get. That takes money and time, um, which we are doing and trying to collect that information. Sources tell Primetime that lawyers on House Oversight, they're not going on vacation like the rest of Congress for the next six weeks. They're still subpoenaing Biden family bank records. And now they're moving into the deposition phase of the investigation. Devin Archer won't be the first Biden business associate that's going to be interviewed. Tony Bobulinski and Whitey Bulger's relative, James Bulger, will sit down for interviews. Several federal employees knowledgeable of the Biden situation will sit down with investigators. And we expect when Congress returns to work in mid-September that the House will have enough evidence to begin the impeachment inquiry. Now, opening an impeachment inquiry turbocharges congressional oversight powers, allowing them to, you know, fast track and have far reaching subpoena power and quick court rulings. Now, this will force the media to cover the evidence that we've presented here for years. And it'll force Joe Biden, who's supposed to be out campaigning, to answer questions about why he's been lying for all these years. This could potentially end Joe Biden's reelection campaign. So Democrats have a decision to make. Are they going to get behind Gavin Newsom? Are they going to continue to say Joe Biden's a weatherman? Joe Biden, the weatherman. A lot of truths, little nuggets buried in that diatribe by Jesse. That's why I wanted you to hear that this morning because there's so much noise out there. One of those guys you heard in in uh, that soundbite that you heard from Jesse on Fox News, Dan Goldman, he is a Democrat from New York and he was one of the impeachment managers of Donald Trump when he was in, impeached those two times. I'm not sure which one impeachment number one or impeachment number two, but Dan 
Goldman is a hitman on all of this Hunter Biden, Devin Archer, Joe Biden stuff. He's the one, he's the great apologist. He explains things so that you and I better understand. We're not drawing these outlandish conclusions. We don't know. And Devin Archer didn't say that Joe Biden talked to these people about the business deals. We don't know that. And how could we hold anybody from just saying hello to somebody, just being nice and kind? That makes so much sense, doesn't it? It really does. So before we get into the other stuff, let me just say this. This is really getting tough. George Washington University law professor Jonathan Turley, he called revelation, revolution, revelations. <laughs> I said revolutions from Devin uh, yesterday, that testimony on the Biden family's business dealings. He called it breathtaking. Joe Biden spoke with Hunter more than 20 times now about their business deals. We were told by the president himself over and over and over again, no, never, never talk to him, never. Now this came, that fact was stated yesterday. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene said after it was over that Devin Archer said more than 20 times Joe Biden talked to Hunter's business partners about deals. Now, the transcript, whether whether he did or didn't say it, when we get the transcript, we're probably going to know about it. Anyway, Turley said they're breathtaking. You're talking about at least roughly two dozen calls in which then-Vice President Joe Biden engaged with the business associates of his son, Hunter. You're talking about meetings and dinners with some of the most corrupt figures in Europe, and Joe Biden calls in to say, hi, they were talking about subjects like getting rid of the prosecutor in Ukraine, Victor Shokin, and we know that, by the way. And then up pops a call from the vice president. You can no longer ignore this, despite the denials of many Democrats. Turley took aim at congressional Democrats, especially after that guy I was just talking about, Representative Dan Goldman, tried to downplay the phone calls that Biden was on. Goldman said this, among other things, and we're not, we're not through with him. At some point, it insults the intelligence of voters. We're looking at one of the most significant corruption scandals in our history. I've been a critic of influence peddling for decades. I've never seen anything like the scope of this scandal, and yet we'll have to see which members choose the public over their party. And so far, we haven't had a lot of them coming from the Democrat Party. And this is just going to get worse and worse and worse. I was very hopeful. You remember on this show, even before the inauguration happened back in 2021, when Joe was officially made the president of the United States, even before that, I predicted he will not last his full first term. There won't be a second. He won't even last the fullness of the first. At some point between now and election time, next year, 16 months from now, November 2024, for whatever reason or reasons, 
Joe's going to leave office. And it may be the same way Richard Nixon did. Remember when they started looking into the impeachment charges about Watergate and Richard Nixon? They had enough evidence. They presented the evidence and they told Nixon, here's the deal. We're going to impeach you or you're going to resign. You choose which of those you want. And Nixon chose to resign. It's going to be for that reason or maybe one morning they wake up and Jill calls um, Democrat leaders. I don't know who she would call. Pelosi's gone. Whoever. And she would say, look, we've had a physical catastrophe. Joe's going to have to step down. And we want this to be very positive for the American people and not to denigrate Joe through it. And they're all going to agree, it's a great move. Joe can't make the trip into 2024. And he's got one thing on his plate that he's got to get done before this happens. And don't think there haven't been conversations about this. Hunter's going to go down. Joe's the sitting president of the United States. He has unilateral, unfettered power to parole anybody he wants to. You don't think he'll parole his son, Hunter, no matter what the charges, in addition to the ones we know are certainly coming against Hunter? You don't think the president's going to pardon him? You can bet no matter what happens before anything causes him to leave office, he's going to pardon his son. Wow. Well, shall we go on? (laughs) Yeah, I think we need to go on. Bottom line is all of this, it is rising very quickly to the impeachment level. Well, Hunter Biden's former business partner, Devin Archer, testifying before the House Oversight Committee yesterday, telling lawmakers that Hunter and Burisma executives called Washington, D.C. in 2015, asking the Obama administration to help fire the Ukrainian prosecutor investigating the firm. House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer releasing the statement, quote, Devin Archer's testimony confirms Joe Biden lied when he said that he had no knowledge about his son's business dealings and was not involved. Joe Biden was the brand that his son sold around the world. When Joe Biden was vice president, he joined Hunter Biden's dinners with his sworn business associates in person or by speakerphone over 20 times. Joining me now is New Jersey Congressman Jeff Van Drew. He is a member of the House Judiciary and Transportation Committee's Congressman. Uh, Good morning. Your initial thoughts on what we learned yesterday from Devin Archer. We don't have the transcript, but we certainly have commentary coming out of that committee hearing yesterday, sir. Absolutely. Good morning, Cheryl. Let me tell you, Joe Biden was the merchandise and Hunter Biden was the salesman, whether it was actually removing the prosecutor in Ukraine because that prosecutor was going after Burisma. Burisma wouldn't have survived the investigation, so it was paramount they get that done. He is using public policy. He's using the power. And when I say he, I mean the president, the power of the United States and the influence of the United States to actually um, help other foreign countries, whether it be China, in some cases, even Russia. He was meeting with oligarchs and certainly here with Ukraine. It is time for an impeachment inquiry. I don't want to wait anymore. 
we have enough and the impeachment inquiry will give us the ability to have more intense investigation. It gives the investigatory bodies, namely the Judiciary Committee, that I sit on more power. We've waited long enough. At least let's do the inquiry. This is a tangled web of lies. And by the way, Hunter Biden shouldn't have been re registered as a foreign agent, and he wasn't with all that he was doing. Broke the law there. And also, by the way, you know, uh, it's funny that Devin Archer actually was going to jail and Hunter Biden was involved with the same actual issue, doing the same stuff to Native Americans. So there is a lot there and we can see that it isn't fair and it's hurting the country. Mm -hmm. And I think when you talk about treason, I think this is literally rising up to the level of treason. We've had enough. I've had enough. Okay, Congressman, I do want to move on. There's a couple more things I do want to get to because there, there is two sides. There's two opinions as to what Devin Archer presented to the committee yesterday. On the other side of this is New York Congressman Dan Goldman. He is dismissing Archer's testimony. He claims it did not prove that Joe Biden was a part of Hunter's business dealings. Watch this. The witness was very very consistent that none of those conversations ever had to do with any business dealings or transactions. They were purely what he called casual conversations. Doesn't that contradict the president's statement saying that he never talked to any of Hunter Biden business associates? Clearly he talked, whether about the weather or whatever, but he said specifically that he's never talked to them. Doesn't this contradict them? I don't know what his comment is, and if we're going to, well, I don't, I don't think that's what he said. Okay, your, your response, Congressman, there, again, we're getting two different sides to what was heard yesterday, and we don't have the transcripts, so we can't read the testimony ourselves. Well, you know, two sides or not, it, I don't believe it really is two sides. I mean, Dan Goldman looks nervous when he speaks about this and goes through his little rendition of what happened. People don't meet uh, over 20 times, a dozen times, uh, just because they want to talk about the weather. I don't know about you, you can only talk about the weather for a few minutes. I mean, that's nonsense. We're not morons. The American people aren't morons. And quite frankly, if Dan Goldman ever wants to go one-on-one -on -one in a debate over this, I'm more than happy to do it. I trust Jim Comer. I, I trust, uh, you know, the chairman of judiciary. Um, certainly these are people that are honest and tell the truth. And we know at least the minimum that's in there is what they told us. I'm sure that there's more. This is bad stuff. It should have been registered as a foreign agent. They were selling America. We need the impeachment process to begin. And Dan Goldman's not telling the okay. truth. He's a shill for Joe Biden. Okay, okay, real quick, I just want to say your former colleague, uh, Doug Collins, is on set with me here in New York today. And Doug, I want to bring you into this discussion because you've uh, been nodding your head listening yeah. uh, to, the, to the congressman. Just hey, hey, Congressman, good morning. I, I think one of the interesting things morning, here, it's interesting to point out here is Goldman was actually the attack uh, dog for Adam Schiff when we did the impeachment in 2019. Don't you find it interesting that the very things we were talking about in 2019 with Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and trying to bring out against Ukraine are now being brought out in this light, and here he is on the other side basically saying it didn't exist again. Oh, absolutely. It's totally 100% hypocritical, and I'm, I, I really am. I mean, I've had a belly full of this stuff. I mean, to, to expect, Doug, that, that, that they believe that we will believe 
that they just sat around and talked about the weather a little bit. When all this was swirling around, when Joe Biden went to Ukraine and said, hey, you don't get rid of this prosecutor, you're not getting the money you want. Come on, Joe was even proud of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we know it's there. We know that they're tangled up in a weave of law and a web of lies that gets thicker and thicker and they're gonna get all caught up in it. But I think we need the enhanced power now of moving forward with an impeachment inquiry. It is time, it's enough. We have to be a little tough about this. We can't be weak need as Republicans. Congressman Jeff Andrew, it's always good to have you on the program. Thank you for weighing in on this uh, developing story this morning. Okay, so you got a little different version there. And we're not gonna spend the whole show today talking about this. In fact, we're about 20 minutes away from Steve Baker joining us, and we've got a few other things that he's going to bring to the table. But let me just say this. Devin Archer, it's going to rise to the level of him being under oath. I don't know if it's in a court. I don't know if it's before Congress. But if and when this turns into an impeachment inquiry, he's going to have to go on the record, and it'll be public for all of Americans to see. I hope that happens. So let me give you five questions that I think should be asked of Devin Archer. What was discussed by Hunter Biden on calls over speakerphone where Joe was a listener or a participant? What did they talk about? Second, does Archer have any knowledge of Joe Biden intervening on Burisma's behalf in order to remove Ukrainian Prosecutor General Viktor Shokin. Number three, did Archer or any of his business partners ever refer to Joe Biden as the big guy? Number four, did Archer or Hunter ever make payments of any kind to Joe Biden? And the fifth question I would ask, apart from Hunter, did any member of Joe family's, Joe Biden's family or his personal staff ever communicate with Archer, Zlochevsky, or other Burisma executives? If they ask those questions and they get honest answers to those questions, I can tell you we'll be way down the road towards getting truth out of all this stuff instead of just listening to people like Representative Dan Goldman, he just comes out and he, he has no clue and he really doesn't care to know. He's a Democrat and he's an impeachment specialist. He was right up front in the Donald Trump impeachment trials. He's covering and we need facts. Much more coming up, as I told you. We're just minutes away from Steve Baker joining us. Sit tight. Drinking water is essential to your health. That's why you need to drink plenty of water to keep you hydrated throughout the day. Unlike power drinks or soft drinks, water is truly the only drink that can quench your thirst. It's an easy, refreshing way to keep your body healthy and strong. Freshen up today with a brisk, cool bottle of water. Amazing. He's talking about motorcycle insurance, and people love it. Of course, they love the savings they're going to get with Geico, but it goes beyond that. You deserve to save. (laughs) 
heard that before. You deserve to save. I know. I need you to hear me. You deserve to save. I deserve to save. I mean, he has a way of making you feel seen. Bundle car and motorcycle insurance and save at Geico.com. Believe in the power of friendship. Really? You guys are good. (laughs) Movies right when you want them. Watch unlimited movies instantly for only nine bucks a month from Netflix. That's so cute, it's stupid. This is your home. This is your family room slash gym. The guest bedroom slash music studio. The day bed slash dog bed. The living room slash yoga shanti slash regional office. How did you guys do it? Slash classroom. And this is the basement slash panic room. Maybe what your family needs is a vacation home slash vacation home. Find yours on the Verbo app. Saying it out loud. No spin. Only the truth. Again, Dan Newman. I've got these questions that just keep swirling in my head. Things that I'm going to ask and I want some answers to. And I'll, I'll just ask you about a couple of them. Um, what was the reference, and we are told it happened again and again and again in the uh, Devin Archer hearing yesterday. What about the reference of the brand? The brand. Hmm. Archer was talking about Joe Biden participating in all these phone calls, and he was there to establish the brand. And I listened to a lot of the back and forth last night on various news shows, and the consensus was the brand was Joe Biden and the Biden family syndicate. In other words, we're out here. We're like uh, the toy store for you. You can access anything we have access to, anybody we have access to, and yeah, it's going to cost you some money. And we now know there's a lot of money, a whole lot of money that's involved in this, and we're finding out every day there are more and more dollars and cents that were put on the line for these things. And the second thing, this one, my friends, is the one that blows me away. If Joe Biden really did nothing wrong, if Hunter Biden really did nothing wrong, especially since Joe Biden is the sitting president of the United States, if he doesn't have anything to hide, just throw back all the cover. Give everybody complete 100% access to anything and everything regarding any of this stuff that happened so that we can find out for sure. Absolutely, Joe, you were telling the truth. We went and verified what you told us was absolutely the truth. And we are sorry. Please forgive us for believing you were breaking laws and you were being blackmailed or you were blackmailing other people or whatever it it turned out to be or we thought it was we found out you're innocent let's just move on together why wouldn't he do that why wouldn't hunter do that i don't want to blow up anything today i don't want to get anybody angry but there is something that is in a similar position though not quite the same, 
that every time he got popped with alleged wrongdoing that he did, he opened up and gave everybody everything. Who was that? Donald Trump. Impeached twice. Only man in history. Only president in history to be impeached twice. He wasn't guilty in either. Joe Biden hides everything. Hunter Biden's hiding everything. And everything we are finding and have found and discovered through this whole thing, we've had to dig and threaten and subpoena over and over and over again. Think about the time, effort, and money, but most, mostly the time that people like James Comer, chairman of the Oversight Committee, think about all of that wasted time when what they're supposed to be doing is creating, crafting, revising laws and doing oversight of our entire government. And now they're forced into digging, digging. And that's needlessly. Whoever's involved on the other side of this, they should run forward with facts that exonerates them. If the facts that exonerate are out there. I don't think there are many Americans that that believe they are out there. I think 60 to 80% of Americans believe Joe Biden did these things that are being alleged right now. I really do. I want to move on. We're going to come back with Steve Baker. I know he's got some thoughts he wants to put into this. California's really in a world of hurt on a lot of fronts. Besides, their economy is horrible. They're losing businesses, big businesses, and also very wealthy taxpayers are losing all that revenue every month as people are fleeing left and right from California. But criminality, oh my gosh, it's going crazy in California. I talked to somebody yesterday. In fact, a friend of mine, Peter, I think he's on the show today, listening right now from California. And he said, you can't go anywhere in L.A. I mean, when you go anywhere in public, there are little tents on common ground in front of all kinds of different entities out there. Homelessness has gone through the roof. Criminality has gone through the roof. One California hardware store lost $700,000 from shoplifting in 2022. Dale Hardware, it's located in Fremont, California, losing $1,800 a day to shoplifting due to both individual and organized theft, according to the Mercury News. This increase in thefts follows relaxed attitudes from local prosecutors and law enforcement towards lower-level crimes like small-dollar shoplifting, following a national trend under liberal defense attorneys who have received big campaign contributions from mega-donor George Soros. Dale Hardware owner Kyle Smith asked this, how do we run a small business with $1,800 of loss every day? It ends up costing the consumer more because we can't survive without raising prices. Smith said that Dale Hardware typically only calls the cops when the amount's over ten grand because shoplifters are not likely to be held accountable in cases of lower-cost thefts. Half of Dale Hardware's thefts come from individuals who did not want to pay for an item they needed 
And when asked, the thieves assumed insurance would cover the cost. The other half of thefts comes from pros, professional and habitual thieves who either steal tools used for stealing, (laughs) like angle grinders or reciprocating saws or items that criminals can resell on the secondary market. San Francisco, another city, seen a spike in retail crime. 23 retail stores closed in downtown San Francisco since 2020. Top retailers like Whole Foods, Anthropology, Nordstrom, T-Mobile have fled not just downtown San Francisco, but the whole area around downtown because of rising crime. Fremont is under the jurisdiction of Alameda County, where current DA Pamela Price ran her 2022 campaign, and here was what she ran on, quote, pursuing comprehensive alternatives to incarceration and also social service interventions that reduce harmful behavior without law enforcement involvement. In 2018, the California Justice and Public Safety Political Action Committee, which was given $6.1 million by Soros, gave Price, Pamela Price, this district attorney in Alameda County, She got $700,000 for her district attorney campaign. You think there's a little obligation that came along with that? In Oakland, a bunch of small businesses are refusing to take cash. They're doing this in hopes that thieves will stop targeting the stores for their cash reserves, even though the move could cost the store 25 to 4% of their profits. I mean, this is just the simple, factual information about all this. And nobody in leadership in the political system in California will even think about taking responsibility for this. This is supposed to be the greatest country on the earth. We're not supposed to have this kind of stuff going on here. The rule of law is one of, if not the most important thing that our forefathers made sure were part of the foundation of this new nation. They left Europe and established it, and the reason they did it this way, with the rule of law being the most important element, was because of what they lived through over there. Lawlessness was rampant. And yet we have people that just expect when they go downstairs on Christmas morning, their stockings are going to be full and there'll be mounds of presents under the tree with which they're going to carefully unwrap with their family members and everybody's going to be happy. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. To get something out of it, you got to put something in. Lawfulness is one of the things that you've got to build into a system so that everybody's protected and can be confident. You're, you're hearing these things we're talking about where these stores are losing huge amounts of money and they don't have any options. They either close or they find ways to deal with it. And unless they have armed guards that are given the sign You are able, you're authorized to use deadly weapons. 
whatever it takes to stop the criminality. That's not going to happen. It's not supposed to happen. But these leftists, are, they're just all over it. Yesterday, Republican Rep. Byron Daniels of Florida, you know I like him a lot. Byron Donalds, is, he's an up-and-coming star, African-American young man in the House of Representatives. He ripped congressional Democrats yesterday. He said there was more evidence against Joe Biden than Democrats had against former President Trump and his two impeachments. Devin Archer, he's the guy that spoke to the House Oversight Committee investigators yesterday, and I told you a little bit ago I'm going to double down on an these not through testifying. I guarantee it. He's supposed to go to jail for one year because of that fraud where he took $60 million from a Native American tribe. But even if that happens, he can still testify under oath through video. Oh, my gosh. Marjorie Taylor Greene, she's a firebrand from Georgia, a Republican member of the House of Representatives. She got to talking yesterday about that plea deal, the plea deal that last week was supposed to exonerate Hunter and make all this stuff go away. Green said yesterday that plea deal was designed to cover up the corruption surrounding Joe Biden and his family, especially when you look at the facts that the FARA violations, that's foreign, um, when you're a foreign person working for a foreign government, like you're an American, you're working for a, foreign government in any way. You're supposed to register under the FARA application with the State Department that puts them on notice that you're doing this, and that makes what you're doing legal if, of course, everything that's a part of it is legal. You're okay. When you look at the facts that FARA violations were buried in this gun charge, and now a Devin Archer has come forward and said he confirms the fact that not only was Hunter operating as an unregistered foreign agent, but that his daddy was always on call. Again, that's Byron Donalds talking. If you remember, Hunter pled not guilty to all charges after that plea deal fell apart when the district judge, Mary Ellen Norica, rejected both the initial plea deal and a more limited revision last Wednesday. Congressional Republicans, candidates for the Republican nomination for president in 2024, and legal experts all criticized that plea deal that was announced June 20th with some calling it a sweetheart deal. During that hearing, Hunter answered questions about a $1 million deal with the Chinese firm, naming the wrong entity as having received the payment. If my wife or my son say, hey, Dad, come to dinner, the first question is, who is at dinner? Donald's added. The rep, Donald's, he then ripped Democrats for not being willing to address the allegations. When it was Donald Trump, he said, they moved quickly on a phone call. No other corroboration, just a phone call. Frankly, it was about the same allegations that pan out to be true about Hunter and Joe. They don't care about the paper trail. They care Joe Biden has done the Democrats' bidding when it comes to policy in the federal government, and they want to protect that. In about six months of investigation, we have more than they wish they had on Donald Trump. 
That's Byron Donalds. Well, as I said, we've got a lot of other things to dig into. And on the other side of the break we're about to take now, Steve Baker is going to join us. I don't know what zip code he's in today. North Carolina, Washington, D.C., but he'll tell us that in just a minute. Steve Baker, up next. The verdict is in. Judge Steve Harvey is a hilariously good time. What do you think she spent the money on? Lipo and a butt job. You got as long as you need to respond to that. Judge Steve Harvey, new Tuesday on ABC. Genuine Ford Parts and Service presents A Word From Your Wallet. Are we at the gas station? Yeah, I know. I'm feeling these gas prices, too. I'm the wallet down here. Head to a Ford dealership. Why? Proper vehicle maintenance. A new air filter can save 19 cents a gallon. Correct tire inflation up to 6 cents a gallon. Wow, that sure adds up. (laughs) Fat wallets are very in right now. Right now, Motorcraft air filter replacement is just $19.95 or less. Replacing a dirty air filter can increase fuel economy by as much as 10%. Well, done. That was easy. Maybe you should listen to your wallet more often. Well, you're typically pretty quiet. Well, I didn't want to be a pain in the... Uh, 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 uh. Hurry in for the best deals we've had in years. Money-saving rebates on brakes, batteries, tires, and more. See your participating Ford dealer today. Raid Shadow Legends. I mean... <laughs> you pick your champions, they're glorious, and their shields, oh, they glisten like uh, wet otters. But the bad guys, they're Lovecraftian, they're spooky, they're um, um, big. And then you go to battle, and it's like... And finally, your foe is vanquished, and that satisfaction is such a primal feeling. Ooh, Download Raid Shadow Legends. Play for free. Ready to take your Jenga skills to the next level? If you're an all-star at building towers and balancing blocks, then build up the competition in new Jenga Maker. Play in teams to finish first and claim the crown. Jenga and new Jenga Maker. Reach the top of your game, each sold separately. The Speaker of the House lies. The media swear to it. The President of the Senate obstructs. The media are all over the place, but totally divorced from the truth. So let's get back to navigating this Stygian River with, again, Dan Newman. Well, obviously, the Stygian River is deep and wide, and it's full of all kinds of nastiness and nasty people. And I guess maybe we could rename the Potomac um, We could rename it the Stygian River. I don't know. I mean, you know, it runs through Washington, D.C. Isn't that that where, is the Potomac through D.C.? Steve, are you there? Yeah, uh, it's somewhere close, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't, I was thinking it runs through D.C., but, you know, it's a place where you could say there's a whole lot of stuff buried under the surface of the water, a lot of bad stuff. How are you doing today, sir? I'm great. I'm doing good. I'm on my, uh, I don't know how many cups of coffee this is. I'm going since early this morning, as you normally do. I don't yeah. think I get up as early as you do, but uh, I usually get up twice. I usually, uh, I, I'm, in a, I'm in a strange sleep pattern for actually several months now. I, I will wake up at 3.30 or 4 a.m. and then read for a couple of hours and then go back to sleep for a couple of hours. So I, it's just an interrupted uh, pattern that I've gotten into, but I... I, uh, I can't seem to shake it. Well, as you know, we old folks, you know, I'm 70 now, so I'm one of them. I'm a septuagenarian. Wow. Um, we, we, we just sleep whenever we can <laughs> naps or otherwise I'm joking. I'm not, if I, if I go to sleep anytime during the day, 
you can subtract from the nighttime sleep whatever I slept during yeah. the day. I, uh, I, I, for some reason, I don't take, it doesn't take me a lot of sleep for years. I went with four hours a night and I didn't try to do that. It just happened. I woke up and I'm done. I sleep a little longer than that now, but one reason that, uh, sleep may be a little rough right now is there's so much stuff rolling around in our heads every day. Just when you think our plate, I've always, yeah, when, when the plates are had full, a problem, go ahead. I've always had a problem with sleep. And let me tell you what my problem with sleep is. I think it's actually one of the things that I'm, when I, you know, when I pass through the pearly gates and I have my first opportunity to have a chat with the, you know, the almighty in the afterlife, I, I think that sleep was actually a design error uh, on our part because we have to give up a third of our life approximately to sleep a third of the life of the life that we could experience. And ever since I've been a small child, I have avoided sleep because I think I'm going to miss something. If I go to sleep, what am I going to miss? And I, and I, I still, I still struggle with that to this day. I, you know, I'm 63 now and I still am afraid, not afraid to go to sleep. I'm not, I'm not afraid of sleep, but I'm, I'm afraid of what I'm going to miss if I go to sleep. So if I do wake up, roll over, something goes bump in the night and I wake up at that three thirty or four o'clock in the morning thing, I just immediately grab one of my devices and start reading. What am I missing here in the middle of the night? Yeah. That's my, that's my sleep story. Well, how do you think president Biden is sleeping of late? I think he's sleeping fine because he doesn't know what the heck's going on anyway. <laughs> Literally. Uh, oh no, you know, he, he's, I'm sure he's getting his uh, 18 hours a day of sleep and, uh, <laughs> and, and that's, you know, that's, that's probably uh, his needs right now. And it's actually probably the number of hours that they sedate him so that he doesn't have more opportunities to uh, make a gaffes and misstatements and steps and forgetful uh, comments and then also repeat the same stories over and over again that were fact-checked and proven lies uh, many, many months ago or years ago, which he, which he regularly does over and over again. He'll, he'll actually continue the process of saying something, making an assertion either about his uh, policies or some life story that, you know, you know, as, as you know, he is somebody who has apparently been, he, he's a part of every ethnic group. He has, uh, has a connection in his bloodline to every single ethnic group. He, he takes credit for that. He has a, he has a uh, connection to every, uh, country he's ever visited somehow. He has a connection through his family to every industry, to every, um, idea to every religion and that's these are the lies that he continues to tell over and over and over again and that's this is despite the fact that people that we don't even like like snopes and and uh the different fact checking organizations continually have to go no sorry joe you never did that or you never were that or you uh you said that uh, you said the same thing last month and it was a lie then he is constantly getting fact checked. So I think that if they can just keep him sleep asleep for 18 hours a day, it minimizes the damage that he can do. Before we get into the um, opinions of the aftermath of the hearing, and what do we call it? A get together? It, it, nobody was sworn yesterday in this thing at uh, uh, the House Oversight Committee with Devin Archer. Anyway, yeah. before we get into the fallout from that, what is your takeaway? from what we have heard so far coming out of 
Republicans and Democrats and trying to put it all together and make sense of it. What are your takeaways about this Devin Archer stuff? Well, let's start from the beginning here. I was, uh, I was amused by the fact that as they were entering the building yesterday into the O'Neill congressional office building, uh, that was actually the building that I was in for four and a half hours last Tuesday. I was actually inside that building meeting with the House Weaponization Committee's investigators, and it's also the building that I was in previously just a few weeks ago viewing the 41,000 hours worth of January 6th videotape. That's also where those videos are archived, or at least being presented to the uh, media right now. And so um, I I was amused by that, and then I was uh, disappointed because I did try to sign on to C-SPAN and was anticipating that surely this would be televised, and it wasn't. I don't really understand the explanation behind that. But there, um, uh, the, the fact also that there's not been a full transcript released yet that I've been able to find, that's also puzzling. Uh, I've seen the overview from what the Oversight Committee has published uh, on Twitter, and I've obviously seen every spin from every possible angle, whether it was from the, the left media or the right media. Normally, I would say that this would be something that the left-wing media would ignore, but there's a curiosity there. You, you've heard me say actually here on your show before that if the um, the media cartel, the New York Times, Washington Post, CNN, MSNBC, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, don't say it, then it never happened. But the fact that they're being forced to respond is interesting in and of itself because they are being put in a position that they cannot ignore this. And the reason why, and it's no more complicated than this, is because Biden for years is on the record time and time again, as I was saying earlier, as denying that he had any knowledge whatsoever of his son's business dealings abroad. He has said this, he has said this in presidential debates, he has said this in multiple interviews. He, is, he has gotten angry when questioned about it and has denied it so many times that this has put the left-wing media in the position of at least having to spin this. And then, of course, obviously, we have uh, Representative Dan Goldman who walked out and uh, and went through his spin of talking about, you know, they were talking about the weather. Um, so first, first of all, Dan, and I'll just ask you this point blank. Who dials their father into, first of all, any casual business, I mean, any business call? Who just casually, hey, let me call up my pop and get him on the phone with us here while we're doing business. Now, I have done business as an adult since I was 18 years old. And I don't recall ever one time dialing my father into a business call, ever for any reason. And yet they're trying to spin these 20 plus business phone calls that his father was now admittedly dialed into because Dan Goldman did admit that that has happened. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but uh, nevertheless, that's exactly what he did in his post um, uh, hearing interview out in front of the O'Neill building. And so I, I mean, this is just this is just a point of I, I'll be happy to discuss this with any left wing journalist out there who wants to phone me, wants to put me on an interview, wants to podcast with me or whatever the case may be. Under what circumstances does a man who, first of all, 
deny that he's ever been involved with or had any knowledge of his son's business dealings, then we learn that his son then just casually dials him into those business phone calls for the purpose of talking about the weather. I ask you that question, Dan. Well, I mean, Joe wasn't president at that time. He was vice president. We know vice presidents don't do anything, at least our last mm-hmm. two, which he was one of, um, don't do anything. The last three of them, two of the three didn't do anything. Mike Pence did some stuff, but not Joe and not the current vice president, Kamala Harris. So they don't have anything to do, lots of time on their hands. So, you know, having a casual phone call with uh, people that, you know, are um, multimillionaires, leaders in the Chinese Communist Party, uh, president of Burisma Holdings and all that. That's just a normal conversation that you have every day. Maybe uh, Joe took up meteorology while he was vice president. <laughs> I mean, at the, at the very at the very least, they could have spun it since you know these were you know energy you know Brisbane and these you know oil and gas companies. They could have at least spun it into a conversation about uh, current climate change conditions and how that you know their business dealings might be affecting that. Or I mean, but they they didn't even think that one through, did they? I'm going to ask you a question right now, and I'm going to give you a second to think of your answer. Uh-oh. No, it, it's just to try to um, try to make sense of what we're going through right now. And I don't know that we ever will make sense of it, but trying to understand the facts in here. Can you think the way this was handled so far that we've seen, all of it, can you imagine a scenario when it could possibly not be one of fiddling with money, messing around, getting more power, giving more power, getting money, giving more money to people. Can you think of another scenario that that could be wrapped around and us forget about the probable illegality of it all? You said you'd give me a second to think about this. I don't think I even need a second to think about this. There's not another scenario, Dan. You and I both know that. And to be honest with you, every single uh, um, pundit on the left knows that that's the case as well. But they are, you know, I, I don't, I don't even want to say that they're in panic mode, but they are in CYA mode, and I'll just leave it with the uh, acronym there. I think uh, all, all the listeners understand what that means. That stands but for the, cover your arse, <laughs> CYA. Right, right. Yeah, and and the, the point being is, is that they all know. They Look, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you are Representative Dan Goldman. I don't care if you're, um, uh, you know, what's his name on CNN, uh, Cooper Anderson or Anderson Cooper, whatever his name is. Uh, I don't care who you are. You know what the purpose of these 20 dial-ins were for. You know what the purpose of Hunter Biden's business dealings were, uh, were about, whether it was Ukraine, Russia, China, whatever the case may be. You know why Hunter was on the aircraft going to visit China with his father. And then the next day signing a billion dollar contract, we know, look, 
there's there's nobody that doesn't know that. We know that the corruption exists. We know that these things are happening across the aisle. We know that there are, in fact, um, we're, we're not talking about just the Clintons. We're, we're, we know that there were Republican um, uh, legislators, congressmen, senators who have had business dealings over there as well. We, we know that these people go into Congress and that they have insider trading, uh, trading um, access that the rest of the country doesn't not only have, but that we're not allowed to do. They, you know, they, they make trades virtually every day that you and I would go to prison for making those trades uh, based on the insider information that they have. That's why that they can go into Congress for a few years. They, they're they making $180,000 salary and they come out uh, multi-gazillionaires, you know, tens of millions of dollars or hundreds of millions of dollars in the bank by the time they retire from Congress. And this is not a result of their congressional salary. We know that these things are happening all the time. And in and, and, um, official Washington and official, uh, the, the official press of Washington knows this as well. But this is one of those times where it's their guy that has been caught with his hand in the cookie jar. The, and in this case, it's the big guy who has been caught with his hand in the cookie jar and they're circling wagons around him and protecting him because ultimately there's political damage to be had from that realization. And if you admit it, then, then it becomes an avalanche of damage. So what they're doing is, is they're just speaking to their base, spinning the story and saying that they just talked about weather. And that's it. That's all that, that's all we're seeing here. It is, it is a, it is a control, um, uh, action going on right now by the democratic party and their mouthpieces in the mainstream press to minimize damage and to, because look, their base is going to believe what they say. Most of them are, and they're just going to go, Oh, okay. Well, they talked about the weather and that's all they're doing right now. But everybody, everybody knows in the back of their minds that everybody does this and they're just trying to minimize damage. There's, there's, there's my one second answer. Okay. Is something going to come of this or the perpetrators in whatever happened that some of it, was exposed to another degree yesterday in that conversation with Devin Archer. Do you honestly feel that somebody's going to be held accountable for some part of it? I still believe, Dan, at this point on the calendar, here we are. Uh, is today August 1st? Oh, my goodness, it is. Yes, right. it so, is. Uh, yeah, August 1st, 2023. We are right at just under a year and a half away from the next election. And I honestly believe that the only damage, and this is not really damage uh, from my perspective to the democratic party and to their machine and to their upcoming uh, electoral process is that this is ultimately going to be used as a means to get Biden, the big guy, Joe, uncle Joe to step down to withdraw, to be able to say and um, claim that due to family issues and things that are far more important than the presidency itself, that he's going to step down and then that will pave the way for another candidate to take the top of the ticket 
uh, for the Democratic Party in the upcoming election. I think that that's really the only damage. I just, I'm sorry, but I still just do not see the uh, Republican Party initiating a real impeachment process. I, I, I just I don't think that they, first of all, think that it's going to be worth the effort because they're never going to get it through the Senate. Let's let's just be perfectly honest. If they were able to squeak by with an impeachment vote in the House of Representatives, which, of course, they have the votes, but I think that there's enough squirrely, um, flaky Republicans as well that don't want to buy into that process that they won't be able to get it through the House, but let's just say they did. There's no way they're going to get it through the Senate because the Dems are going to join forces in lockstep and they don't have the voice, the, the votes in the Senate to um, to conduct. So there's not going to be an official impeachment process. I just, I think that they just see that it's not worth the effort, even though there are, you know, people like uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene has already um, uh, floated, or uh, she may have even filed uh, uh, the initial papers to do that, but she has, she has, there are, there are three that I know of that have filed, uh, impeachment articles of impeachment to be taken up by the house. And of course, Kevin McCarthy, he has to choose what he's going to take up for them to consider in the house. And I don't think he's going to do that. I'm like you, unless there's some ironclad, uncontroverted, evidence of illegality on the part of Joe Biden. None of the innuendos, none of this stuff. I mean, if 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 Dan, what's his name, uh, if he can just make a case like he's made very effectively just on what happened yesterday on a he said, she said conversation with Devin Archer, he can throw holes in what might turn into an impeachment inquiry. Just imagine what they could do on a full scale with the ability to launch a real uh, defense for President Biden in an impeachment uh, by the Republicans. And then you got, as you said, you got to get 60 votes in the Senate. If it does, we get articles of impeachment in the House and they bring those over to the Senate and the Senate chooses to take them up for consideration, which Chuck Schumer controls that. Democrats control the Senate. And even if they got around that and had an actual trial, there are probably not 60 people in the Senate that would unite and vote to convict Joe Biden and remove him from office. Now, I'm not saying that can't change, but here's my thoughts on the whole thing. If, let's just say, the House pushes forward and more stuff keeps coming out, which it is, uh, we got... While we were uh, getting the show started this morning, I got a note that 20 more of those suspicious transaction reports are at the Treasury. That Director Comey, not Director, but the Committee Chairman uh, Comer, mm-hmm. is waiting to get. And those, we're told, include even greater amounts of uh, suspicious money that were transferred to various Biden entities. All of that being said, unless there's a bombshell or two that comes out that we don't know about so far, I don't think there'll be an impeachment. I really don't. I think, well, let me tell you, here, here's what we do have. Here's what we do have. If, if the tables were turned, and again, we know this, you and I intellectually know this, your audience knows this, and 
though they won't admit it, most others, uh, particularly in the punditry on the left, know this to be true as well. With the evidence that has already been put forth, they would say that it is in fact incontrovertible evidence because we have these bank records. We have the suspicious activity reports, the wire transfers, uh, the texts, the emails, the WhatsApp messages. We have the the photos of Joe uh, with his Hunter, you know, Biden business partners. We've got the voicemails to his son. Uh, uh, we've got all, all of the, 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 the talk of the branding and the big guy and the chairman. Um, we've got the whistleblowers testimony, the IRS whistleblowers testimonies. We've got the recorded phone calls between Biden and Poroshenko. We've got the video of, and this is, this is the most damning evidence of all. We have the video of Joe Biden bragging. Remember that about firing the Ukrainian prosecutor. With that kind of evidence, Dan, remember what they impeached Trump for? Remember the quote-unquote perfect phone call? They impeached him just because of that phone call in which he was encouraging Poroshenko to push forward with that investigation. And they impeached him for that, using that as a reason that it had to be fishy because he was asking them, the Ukrainians, to help him get Joe Biden. Yeah, we, we have we have statements directly from Hunter about having to give his dad half of his income. And so we have what the left would consider incontrovertible evidence if this was Trump and um, uh, Don Jr. If this if these tables were turned this would be a fait accompli already. Impeachment would be on. Conviction would probably happen. I would say, I would even go so far as to say, Dan, that even in the last um, uh, congressional lineup that had this evidence been on the table between Trump and one of his sons, that this would have been enough for enough Republicans to cross over and bring a convince, uh, conviction in the Senate on an impeachment trial. How do you ex- I, I, how do you explain that difference between the way Democrats handle s- such stuff compared to Republicans in Congress? How do you explain that? Because the the the, the yeah. American people they see it, they know it, they understand it's different. Republicans just never it's, seem to go for the throat. It's easy. It's easy to explain. There's two reasons. Number one is that the left or the the Democrats always get the covering fire from the mainstream media. And we've talked about that before. It doesn't matter that Fox exists. It doesn't matter that when Limbaugh was alive, that he existed and had the largest audience on radio every day. It doesn't matter that Blaze TV and uh, Daily Wire and Newsmax and OAN, it doesn't matter that those guys are shouting the opposite from the housetops. It still is an overwhelming power that the mainstream media has to control, massage, manipulate, and spin the narrative and to provide the covering fire. That's the first answer. And then of course, the second answer is, is that far too many Republicans are infected by the disease of the swamp and being in DC 
and wanting to be invited to the right parties, to the right cocktail parties, and to um, uh, to hobnob with the right people, and to be spoken of in a way from the mainstream press that makes them things like you know the McCain's of the world and the Romneys of the world, who are patted on the back for their uh, frequent opposition to their own party's uh, quote-unquote extremist policies, that sort of thing. And so there are enough Republicans that are, in fact, what I, I you know, people like to call them rhinos, uh, Republicans in name only, but what they really are, Tanner, is that they are they are progressives. And if, if, if the, um, uh, the uh, conservative or Republican grassroots does not understand that the Republican Party is infected and deeply um, uh, I would say what's it's almost like, uh, having, having, um, Machiavellian spies in the camp, so to, so to speak, there are, there's a, a very large contingency, contingency of philosophical political progressives inside the Republican regime. And that's just the way it is. And they know, and the, and the guys from the, the freedom caucus, the Liberty caucus, or the guys that we like, the people that we respect, whether that's Senator Ron Johnson, Senator Rand Paul, or uh, representative Chip Roy or Mike Johnson or Jim Jordan, whoever you like in the Repub- Republican party, they know that their ranks are infected with this disease of progressivism. And they know that they don't have, the votes for, to make these big moves and these big decisions like we're talking about right now. And it's why they don't do it. And, you know, look, I, I would prefer they just go ahead and do it anyway and, and, and shove it uh, down their throats and start the process and let the process uh, get voted down. But, you know, they, they don't, they don't have uh, they don't have the backing within their own party to see this all the way through. And that's the, that is the, really hard to swallow inconvenient truth of what's going on in the GOP today. What's harder for me is realizing that what you're talking about, the poison in their party, it's at the congressional level. But I think the people in America, the rank and file, they're all ready. My God, come on, let's go for the throat. This guy's bad. He did illegal things. We've got to get to the bottom of it. Please go. But you're right. The infection is there in the Republican Party. And I don't believe, I really don't think we'll get into a formal impeachment process against Joe Biden. We're going to take a break here on the other side of the break, Steve. You think about this during the next two minutes. What's going to happen to Donald Trump? I mean, I've never, we've Mm. never seen anybody in government have as many targets on their back as does Donald Trump. And it seems like it's piling on every day. You think about that. When we get back, we'll discuss that. Steve Baker with us. Back right after this. Out for some lays and you face a test. Which tasty chip will be the best? Sour cream and onion, smoky barbecue. Cheddar, sour cream, salt and vinegar too. You sample them all because the crisp is so good on your lips. You left your wallet at home, but now you have a new best friend. The many flavors of Lay's chips. One taste and you're in love. Lowe's knows you're a craftsman guy. You have a lot of tools. Tools for everything you've done around the house. But there's the moment you realize... 
Your new project means new tools. When tool guys need new tools, they start with Lowe's. The new home of Craftsman. Northern Tool and Equipment. My girlfriend has given me a pet name. I'm afraid to ask. Snuggle Muffin. No, it isn't. And she uses it in public. Okay, so give your girlfriend a pet name she'll hate, like uh, Thunder Chunky. I couldn't do that. I see. Too harsh for Snuggle Muffin. Okay. Drown her out with a 200-mile-per-hour cordless leaf blower. Got it. Here she comes. Hey, Snuggle Muffin. What are you doing, Snuggle... Snuggle... out of here. Wait, come back, Thunder Chunky. There's no problem a little horsepower can't solve. Northern Tool and Equipment. How hard is it to unlock your car? Not hard. How hard is it to shut your car door? Not hard. How hard is it to start your car? Not hard. How hard is it to put your seatbelt on? People are still dying in car accidents because they were not wearing a seatbelt. Which is stupid, because it's not that hard. Smarten up, buckle up. Think road safety. A message from the Government of South Australia. In a world of fake news, the truth will out. Truthnewsnet.org. Dan Newman. Steve Baker is with us as he is every Tuesday in our second hour. We, the first part of this conversation, we concentrated on all of the Joe Biden stuff, specifically Devin Archer and that meeting yesterday with members of the House Oversight Committee and where we may be going if we're going anywhere with all that. I want to segue to Donald Trump, but first I thought of this during the break. What are your thoughts about what's happening to Ron DeSantis? Steve, he is in trouble. He has shed staff to streamline operations He's refocused on grassroots events. He's vowed to make more media appearances. But it just doesn't think, or it seems, that there's no hope for Ron DeSantis. It's like he's on a sinking ship. What are your thoughts there? Well, it's hard to start with DeSantis without uh, dovetailing into Trump because they're, they're, they are connected. Um, and that is... The fact that we know that the more <laughs> that Trump uh, faces persecution from the Department of Justice and from the Biden regime, uh, the the higher in the polling Trump ascends, and there's no way of getting past that. So let's let's not first talk about the missteps maybe that DeSantis has or hasn't made in his campaign, but let's just talk about the reality that the Trump um, MAGA supporters are so entrenched and so solid with him that even those that start getting a little bit shaky and going, you know, I don't, you know, look, I love Trump and I loved him for four years and I liked what he did and, and I'd love to maybe have him again, but I just don't think that with all the baggage uh, that, that he's accumulated that he can make it. But then every time the DOJ piles another 37 charges on him <laughs> and, and there's apparently more coming this week probably or very likely will be that they they're like dang it i'm going to stand with the man and i'm going to support him and then that creates a deeper divide in the polling 
whether it has anything to do, as I said, with DeSantis um, making misstep, uh, missteps in his campaign and all. So, so there's that that DeSantis is working against. Then there is the other issue, and this is a real, this is a real problem that I have with um, uh, both campaigns, but more so with Trump's campaign than, than with uh, the, the DeSantis campaign. And that is that both sides, particularly on the Trump side, they are taking shots that are not really based in truth at the DeSantis campaign and they're landing. Those shots are in fact working. And in fact, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, as, as you know, I'm, I'm a long time, um, uh, it, uh, how, how do I say this gracefully to those who are uh, solid Trump supporters? I have never been a Trump guy, but I have, uh, and in fact, defended him <laughs> more often than not in the last two and a half years. And I've also, uh, I also voted for him in 2020. And that is a product of, first of all, I recognize the weaponization of the Department of Justice, the FBI, and the powers that be against Trump in uh, illegal and, you know, uh, just ab- absolutely um, uh, outside of the, uh, coloring outside of the line sort of ways. And so I can't help but be honest when I see those things and comment on that in an honest manner. And that brings me to his defense in the last two and a half years more often than not. But what I'm not going to defend Trump's campaign on, whether it's coming from his super PACs or whether it's coming from his uh, um, his Twitter army or whatever the case may be, is there are a lot of unfounded attacks that they are making on the DeSantis uh, campaign that are, in fact, working. They're landing and they're, they're body blows and they're working. And what DeSantis has not figured out how to do is effectively counter that. And that's, that goes to two things. The first thing is, is Trump, let's just be honest, Trump has that thing. I come from the entertainment business, and there is a, um, a magic that certain people have when they walk on stage that somebody else ha- doesn't have that may have twice the talent, may have twice the victories in their political record, may have more overwhelming uh, evidence of of better governance, uh, better management of um, a, uh, an executive office as a governor would hold, in a, particularly in a large state like Florida, they may have overwhelmingly a better record than anything that the guy with that thing, that magic has, and you can't overcome that, Dan. And that's what we see in the entertainment business all the time. We see people that are, um, particularly in music, that are far less talented than a million other musicians that never make it, never get the deal, never get the big break. They never, they never get the lightning strike in their career, but somebody that has that mystical, magical um, uh, thing that you can't manufacture, you can't bottle it. it. They just either have it or they don't. And Trump has that thing. He walks into a room, he controls the room. He walks in the room, every head turns. He is the focus of attention. DeSantis, I think is a much better manager, a much better executive, a much better governor. When I say governor, that I don't mean that just on, on the state level, but in terms of governance, I think he's more effective in that way, but he doesn't have that thing. And that thing that Trump has 
anything that comes out of his mouth. And when he says it about DeSantis, whether it's real or not, whether it's accurate or not, or whether it's even a bald-faced lie, it lands and it lands hard. And that is the reality of politics. So much for DeSantis. Donald Trump, <laughs> Donald Trump is in a world of hurt right now on a lot of different yeah. levels. You listen to him, though. He's not. It, it, he's the enigma of this entire thing, the political process, because he basically acts like he's bulletproof. Yeah. When he's attacked, he always has a natural way of turning an attack on him to be a negative thing for whoever is launching the attack against him. And yes, there are indictments that are coming still to come this week, we're told, and probably another batch of them a little bit later on. Many of the charges against him right now are going to almost immediately fall by the wayside when this turns into some kind of prosecution. Does any of this stick on Donald Trump? And in your opinion, can he push through it and somehow put himself in the mode to get the Republican nomination of the party? Based on what I said in the last half hour of our discussion today, Dan, some of this is going to stick for the very reasons that I uh, mentioned earlier in that because the left will give Biden covering fire and you know what I mean by that. That's defensive covering fire from their mainstream media sources. They're not, obviously, we know this going all the way back to 2015 when the media, the, you know, Trump was the, the media's friend for his entire career. I mean, yeah, the, the media was, loved yeah. him. Uh, they, they loved him for, for 40 years leading up to uh, his announcement that he was going to run for president in the, the 2016 election. And then they immediately flipped 180 degrees and they turned their guns on him, and they've had them uh, on him ever since. And that's going to continue. And as a result of that, some of that is probably going to stick, I think. Um, I, I, will, will that result in prosecutions? Uh, I mean, I, I, no, actual convictions, rather. Will that result in jail time? I, man, I don't know. I don't know how you – how do you put a former president in prison for anything less than – uh, murder or, uh, you know, child molesting or something. I, I don't know how you do that. I, I just don't even see how that could happen. But that's certainly what they're going to go for. I think that the, I think that there are going to be some of these charges that are, are going to stick. And that is because of the overwhelming media influence over the jurors for so many years now. They have been pound. They, look, people have been programmed and, and, and they have been brainwashed. And, uh, you know, we see this in D.C. in the, the, the January 6th trials. And uh, I, don't, I don't see how he's going to come out of this unscathed. But having said that, he has that thing that I just mentioned earlier. And for whatever reason, his support is there on the, uh, the GOP grassroots side, certainly more so than anybody else. I don't know if the polling is, is wholly accurate right now. Uh, we'll, we'll see it as we get a little bit closer to the first primaries. But um, uh, tr Trump is, is a phenomenon. It, 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 as, as you stated, there's, there's, um, it, he defies logic, and he has defied logic more so 
um, defied political logic and political reasoning more so than any um, politician in my lifetime. And, and he continues to do so. And I continue to, I, I, you know, I, I have a, um, uh, a grudging respect for that to a certain extent, but I also, as I said, I have also the, the desire to be an honest broker in my own commentary. And although I've never been a Trump guy, as I said, and I've said this to you many times in the last year that we've been doing this program together is that I come to his defense more often than not in the last two and a half years. Well, we can't let you get away without asking you this question. And you may not be able to give us details, but I got asked a couple of times this weekend, what's about to happen with Steve? We know there's something big on the horizon. What can you tell us about it? And I honestly told him, I don't have a clue. Can you give us (laughs) any insight into what is ahead? I know there are some potential changes there, but can you give us any uh, little piece of that? We talked a little bit about it last week. I think I, I come on. I came on Thursday last week, right? Yes. Uh, and that was that was because I couldn't come on Tuesday because I was um, uh, I was in D.C. In fact, uh, last Tuesday I was in the O'Neill Building where the Devin Archer hearing took place yesterday. But I had uh, um, quite the experience, uh, not only then but over the last week, as this story that I'm working on is developing. I'm actually in the process of putting together my own covering fire and there's no other way to say it except to be honest with it. I, I carry a big gigantic knot in my gut right now because I know what's going to happen when this story drops. This story is going to take down one of the biggest figures involved in January 6th and it's going to prove that um, his multiple testimonies and trials, his multiple um, uh, statements made to the former um, House Select Committee on January 6th were in fact uh, lies under oath, and that it is also going to show that uh, the people that were around him helped influence a narrative that does not uh, comport with the facts. That's the easiest and uh, most uh, politically correct I can, uh, way I can say it right now. And that is a direct result of the video evidence that I have seen uh, by being able to view that 41,000 hours worth of video. And so as a result of that, I know that I am going to take the same kind of fire not nearly at the intensity and the, uh, the duration that Trump has taken from the left media. I know that I'm going to take the same kind of fire. They're going to turn their guns on me. Uh, the politics of personal destruction is a real thing in Washington. And I am going to, um, I'm going to have to put on the full armor, man. <laughs> that's the only way I can say is when this story comes out, that's what's going to happen. So I've been in the process of, 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 you know, building that, um, building that force field and shield around myself, not, not only, you know, uh, in, in reality, uh, but uh, also uh, in, in my, uh, uh, you know, psyche and my spiritual uh, life as well, because I know what's coming. And that is going to be a result of the, of the enormity of this story that I've been working on for 10 months and we're getting close. I still have uh, a few 
small pieces of the puzzle that have to be uh, acquired in order to finally go public with this. And I'm waiting on that from the House Administration Committee right now because they've hit the pause button on access to the videos. I need one more day in the video room to complete my story, fill in those missing blanks. And when that is finally accomplished, I will uh, uh, be uh, announcing who I'm partnering with, and it will be one of the, uh, the big media sources uh, that uh, will be, uh, I guess the best way to say is hosting this story that I've put together for so long. And so that when that happens, it's going to um, it's going to rock um, it's going to rock DC, and and whatever comes of it will come of it, and and I'm. <laughs> You know, I'm not scared of it. I'm I, I'm going to do it. I, there's nothing going to keep me from rolling this story out. Even if even if the House Administration Committee denies me that last day, I've got enough already to uh, to take this story to the American people. And when that happens, it's going to um, uh, everybody's going to know about it. I'll just say I'll just tell you that. I assume as, as I can say right now. I assume we at TNN Live Truth News Network we're going to have a front row seat as this thing gets rolled yeah. out absolutely well we also have a place for you to come and hide you know in case you need it mm-hmm. <laughs> that's exactly right <laughs> steve baker with us today as he is every tuesday unless something uh keeps him in dc and makes him unable to do it we really appreciate the insight that you give us the inside look at part of the world that we can't see from here but you obviously as you spend so much time in washington dc and with the people with whom you interact, you get a different vision than do we, and we thank you for sharing it. Buddy, you're a great guy. Stay safe, and anytime something breaks big, you know, you all, all you got to do is give me a call, and we'll run with it. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. All right, buddy. Have a great one. You too. Steve Baker, our very own investigative journalist. It's great to always have him here. Got a few more more breaking bits of news that we want to get into before we leave. A Pennsylvania judge has granted former President Trump presidential immunity in a lawsuit in a state election up there, a worker brought against him over statements he made about the integrity of the 2020 election. James Savage is a voting machine supervisor in Delaware County, Pennsylvania. He filed two lawsuits against Trump. And the suits argue the former president's public comments about the 2020 election made him, James Savage, a subject of hatred and death threats, which ultimately resulted in him having two heart attacks. Savage alleged that Trump, Rudy Giuliani, two Delaware County poll watchers, and others conspired to defame him and place him in a false light by publicly and falsely claiming that he tampered, Savage tampered, with the 2020 presidential election results. So what specifics is this? Okay, in particular, Savage pointed to statements Trump made during a Pennsylvania State Senate Majority Policy Committee hearing in Gettysburg. That happened on November the 5th of 2020. A tweet sent out on November 27th of 2020, and a letter sent to the House of Representatives January 6th Committee. A November 27, 2020 Trump tweet was referenced in the suit that made claims of missing USB drives 
and tens of thousands of votes uploaded for Biden. There's no evidence that widespread voter fraud occurred in Pennsylvania in the 2020 election. I'm going to stop right there and point this out. Do you notice they always put that one sentence disclaimer? Do you know which sentence I'm talking about? I'll give it to you again. Listen closely. There is no evidence that widespread fraud occurred in Pennsylvania in the 2020 election. They never say there is no evidence of any voter fraud. There's evidence of plenty of voter fraud. But when you go from none to plenty to widespread, you get vaguer and vaguer, the meanings of those words. At a December 1st news conference, the Trump campaign framed as a platform for whistleblowers to speak out, Stenstrom would reiterate the claims he'd made at the committee hearing, saying he saw the voting machine warehouse supervisor for Delaware County uploading votes for Biden. Savage says his name didn't need to be mentioned outright for others to realize he was the guy accused of election fraud. On Monday, Judge Michael Erdos of the Pennsylvania Court of Common Pleas granted Trump presidential and legislative immunity pertaining to his statements back in 2020 and throughout the case against him. I thought that was interesting. Why? Trump got a victory in court, and he hadn't had many of those of late, has he? Well, have you been to the gas pump in the last couple of days, as have I? Gas prices have quietly been on the rise over the summer as Joe Biden and his administration have touted the merits of Bidenomics. Bidenomics saving the world, saving the United States. And let me give you another little thing. I'll finish the oil price thing in a minute. I went yesterday to the same store we always go to to buy the coffee beans that we use in our Mila coffee machine. Same thing exactly. And I went yesterday... And I didn't pay attention to the price till I checked out. $22 and change for the same coffee beans. And I came home, and by the way, buying it from the same store using the same card, I went and looked it up. A year ago, I was paying $13 for the same bag of coffee beans. Okay, let's just jump over to gasoline. The day Joe Biden was announced the winner of the election, the very same day, I filled up my car for $1.65 a gallon, and I took a picture of the pump that proved it. And of course, on an iPhone, your pictures are date, time and date stamped. Day before yesterday, I paid $3.18 a gallon. Same place. U.S. oil prices jumped by nearly 4% just last week alone. And the per gallon price at the pump hit a national average of $3.75 yesterday, the highest recorded average since November of 2022. That's according to AAA. Continued increases will probably pose a new headache for the president, who's out on the trail, I guess you could call what he's doing being out on a campaign trail. I don't know. He's at the beach in Rehoboth, New Jersey. 
and he took a 10-day vacation. Bidenomics ain't working real good, even though he's touting that it is. Global oil prices, they're up 16% since June, and they've increased for each of the past five weeks. Prices may only continue to go up in August and September. Why? Saudi Arabia, Russia, and other OPEC members undertake production cuts equivalent to about 1.5% of global supply. They started that in June. The OPEC production cuts have contributed significantly to these price increases. That's according to Natasha Kaneva, J.P. Morgan's head of global commodity strategy. This summer's heat has also reduced domestic oil refinery capacity while boosting consumer demand for energy. There's a gap of about 500,000 barrels a day between global oil supply and global demand. Half a million barrels a day. That's according to a July report by the International Energy Agency. Biden administration officials are saying the rising gas prices, they were looking at them very carefully. Ooh, that makes me feel better. President Biden has touted Bidenomics as a successful endeavor to grow the economy from the middle out and the bottom up. Never have heard anybody ever make that statement. We're growing the economy from the middle out and the bottom up. <laughs> and I guess that's why the price of gas keeps going high because Joe's announced what he's doing. Maybe he's doing it, but it's not achieving the results that we Americans want to see achieved. Thank you for being here this Tuesday. Thank you for every day. We will be back with more good stuff, more inside information, more facts. 9 a.m. Central Time, tomorrow morning, right here at TNN Live. You guys have a great Tuesday. Enjoy what you're doing today. This is an apple pie, not eating something nice. We bout that, we bout that, we bout that life. Making the power play, watch all the moves we make. We run that, we run that, we run that game.
Let's get it. Mind travel.